there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chrissy. I'm going to open with a little bit of housekeeping. You know, I like to do housekeeping occasionally. I'm so glad you do that because I don't. <laughs> um, I want to let our listeners know that in this new year, we are going to start having guests. Yes. Heather yes. and I have not run out of things to talk about. No. But we do like hearing from other people and we do know some really interesting people. So I think what we we record the week of the 27th mm-hmm. is actually going to be, that's the first time we're going to have a, a guest on. Yay. And so we need your help, friends. Go on the social media and let us know how you want us to do guest segments. Heather and I are mm-hmm. still kind of knocking around what it's going to look like. We went ahead and scheduled our first person, but we don't know what we're going to do with this person. We don't know if we should keep them on the whole episode, if we should kind of interview them, if we should just bring them into the nonsense that we're doing and have them be a third-party participant. So if you you know, have some thoughts on how it would be cool to bring people in. We're going to bring people in probably one out of every four episodes yeah. is what we're going to do. So about 25% of the time we'll have somebody in there. And we want to hear um, who you think would be cool too. Right. Um, We've got some people in mind that we, we think definitely you need do. to know. Yeah. And some people we think are really cool, mm-hmm. but we want to, we want to hear from you guys too. So that's going to be a fun thing. Yes. So that's my housekeeping. That's it. That's it. Oh, okay. one little housekeeping. One little housekeeping. So go on the social media and tell us what you want that to look like. Yeah. So Heather. Yes. Chrissy. You're a pretty likable gal. Oh, thank you. If you were. I was so afraid you were about to say, but. Nope. 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 (laughs) If if you were to wager a guess. Uh Uh-huh. What percentage of people do you think generally like you? Oh, my gosh. Generally dislike you. I wonder this a lot. Okay. I actually wonder, I I know there are stuff about me that is aggravating to somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just law of averages. And I wonder, when somebody is aggravated with me, what did I do? Right. Or if somebody says they don't like me or somebody doesn't like me for whatever reason, I wonder why. Like, because, you know, I just, I'm curious to know, well, did I... Did I say something? Do you just not like my general manner? Do you think that I'm annoying and obnoxious in some way? I don't, so your actual question is what percentage of people who say they like me actually do? No, like, like you were just taking a gauge of there's 100 people. How many of them do you think would generally like, like you or be neutral toward you versus just dislike you? Oh, out of 100 people, I think most people would like me. I think so too. Yeah. You're pretty likable. You're just generally likable. For me, I think that like, and I'm basing this assumption of myself off of like when I have done, um, like when I've been the speaker at events and Mm -hmm. whatnot and you know, you get the feedback sessions. Right. I'm usually about 95% glowingly positive. Like Mm -hmm. people really like me, but the 5% who hate me freaking hate me. Some people are just mean and grumpy people though. But do they say why? Um, yeah, you usually find me annoying or pompous people like, mm. well, you know, they think you, she thinks she's great. She thinks she's great. Well, good for her. Yeah. Um, 
I have gotten um, when people don't like me, it's because uh, like when you think when you talk about um, show speaker event evaluations, Mm -hmm. when I get those back and uh, kind of the same, you know, I'm always almost always have five stars. But then the people who did not like me, um, they are they're the type of people who don't like bubbly, happy people. And they think that I'm too. Yeah, I, um, surf, I think that they may think that I'm too surface effusively positive mm-hmm. and maybe shallow. Do you like ruminate on the one that's not nice? No. Good. I'm no. glad. I used to. That was 45 minutes of you spending time with me. Right. And I was projecting information to you. We were not interacting. So. I used to, but now I just am like, yeah. like me, don't like me, whatever. Like, yeah. Don't interact with me if you don't like me. Don't come back. Some you know? people like, just don't like anything. True. Some people don't like anything. Well, I started thinking about what if you weren't someone who was easily likable? Like, what what is it about some people that make them generally unlikable? You know that I like to think I'm one of those people, like a what if person. Yeah. Right. What if I wasn't how I am? What if I was different? What if people didn't generally like me? Would I feel bad about that? Would I know it? Would I, maybe nobody likes me and I don't know it. You know, like I, I think about these things. So what if I, I think for the intent of the show today, for the purposes of today, we're going to assume that people generally like both of us. Okay. But what if you weren't someone easily likable? I wouldn't know. You don't, I don't think? know. I don't know if I would know that. I think some people know. Like I think. And and I think a lot of different factors play into that. Like so what let's let's talk about that. What are some things that make someone likable or unlikable? Okay. Well, um when I guess if I think about it in the context of when I don't like somebody, mm-hmm. what's the reason I don't like them? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I like almost everybody. I mean, I know there's people that I don't like. Okay, so if there's somebody that I don't like, I think it's because I feel um, like maybe they don't include me. Okay, so someone exclusionary, got that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I feel like they are making fun of me somehow or making fun of, I really do not like it when somebody is mean-spirited and teasing, making fun of somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, if, Mm -hmm. if, if there's a group of, of, People who um, they're kind of like fringe friends. Yeah. And I never feel very comfortable around them because I feel like as soon as I leave, they're going to have some some inside joke about me that I don't know. Or like it seems like there's always a joke that I'm not in on. And yeah, they're all laughing an and feeling. I don't know what the joke is and I just want to leave. Yeah. And that's, uh, that makes somebody unlikable to me. I understand that. What about... The way someone looks or their hygiene, their general social skills or emotional intelligence, like all these different, there's all these different factors that play into how we feel about people. Well, I think that, you know, that kind of gets into who you feel comfortable around. Mm -hmm. I've, I've learned as I've gotten older, I think that the the range of people that I feel comfortable around is a lot bigger than it used to be when I was younger, when I had more concrete ideas of how people should be. Mm-hmm. And then as I've gotten to know more people, I have broadened the categories of things people can do, and I still like them. Yeah. 
I think when we're meeting new people too, sometimes we like we make snap assumptions mm -hmm. based on maybe how they look or yeah. you know the, those hygiene kind of things or those whatever, and we're like, this person is mm, like, and we don't necessarily know their intelligence or their you know like what their story, what what's interesting about them, you know, and I think sometimes. It's easy to take a step away from someone and go, mm, I don't think that's the kind of person for me. Like, I, th I think I'm much, much, much better at this than I used to be. Like, I yeah. used to, I don't know, kind of shallow, but I, sometimes I wanted to associate with people who, you know, were good looking, charismatic, right. whatever. And now, like... I know so, what you mean. Yeah. Well, I recently had a conversation with my teenager about hygiene. Mm -hmm. You know, they get in, they're getting to an age where things they're having to incorporate more hygiene habits in that might be new to them, like mm -hmm. wearing deodorant and like their their face is breaking out. Man, and, my kid cleaning the ears too. Yeah, like you know oh, stuff like man. that that you have to teach them. Mm -hmm. And I, he has a valid point in when he says, um, other if people are going to make a son, make judgments about me based on my appearance then they're not a real friend or they're that's not the kind of person I want to spend time with i understand and i agree but i feel like it's still important for you first of all you need to be clean because your body you live in your body for your entire life mm -hmm. if you need, if you don't take care of it if you don't clean it if you don't clean your teeth if you don't clean all of your body, mm -hmm. you're going to get all kinds of stuff going on that you're going to have to deal with that you don't have time to deal with. So you need to take care of your body for your own personal health. Mm -hmm. Also, I consider it to be rude to show up to someplace stinky and with being unwashed, being right. you know, like presenting the way that you present yourself to somebody when you go to them is also an element of how you it's showing consideration to them. Mm -hmm. So if you show up looking like a slob, then that message to me is you are only worthy of this version of me. Like you're not worth the effort for me to put myself together for you. Especially if it's someone new, like somebody that you're established with. I think that it's almost a sign of affection to be like, I'm comfortable enough with you not to put on a show. Well, you know, yeah. So there's a balance there. But yes, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, like mm -hmm. today I came in today. I'm wearing a baseball cap. I don't have any makeup on. You know, I'm not going anywhere else today, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I feel like this is I feel like this is an appropriate way for me to be dressed today. Um, but I I brushed my teeth. But I mean, you don't look homeless. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're fine. Well, and also there's social mores that like when we go to when we go to church, we are going to a place where this is what's expected of the event that we're going to do. When we're going to a restaurant, we're going to a place where this is what's expected. If you want to go to that place, then I think it's fair to say that you need to you need to take you need to go to the place with consideration for where you are. Yeah, I think that that's true. Definitely. And like the first time that we ever came to this studio, we you know, like I, I I texted. We used to text with Deep Voice oh, right. Guy what we were going to wear. Like because I was like, I have to come in gym clothes. I'm going to come in gym clothes. And I already knew Deep Voice Guy, and I already knew you, but you two didn't know each other. Right. And I remember that his reply was, "Oh, I'm shocked." Right. You know, yeah. like and I was like, "Okay, great." You know, um, but but yeah, like now, 
I would come in here much. I mean, no one's looking at us right now. Soon they will be when yeah. we have the YouTube channel. And then up, we're gonna be. Know? We're gonna dress. Glam. I'm gonna yeah. dress crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna dress crazy. I'm gonna do something. Something. I'll probably wear funny. a lot of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be visco. Yeah, I like the glitter. Um, well, can I say something else about the um, what makes somebody likable? Mm-hmm. There's. Do you ever listen to live? I think it was Livewire. It may have been. No, it's American Life. Ira Glass. No. Did, on on NPR. He did a show. I really um, need to listen to more NPR. Yeah. It, this was a few years ago. Um, but the the topic of his show was kind of like when somebody's a jerk. And he one of the stories that he um, included was an interview with a woman who who said, my son is a jerk. Oh. And I don't know what to do because... I see him ruining friendships and relationships and I see him creating this path in his life and I know that it's him. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not them. It's him. He's being a jerk. And I, you know, she was kind of torn between how do I, how do I deal with this? Like, so she could see this is somebody, my son is not being a likable person. He's not who I wish that I was interacting with. Yeah. I get that. Mm -hmm. That's really hard. Um, well, same same token, same line. What do you think it is? What is it to be charismatic? What makes you drawn to someone? Hmm. Oh, gosh. Okay, so when you asked me that question, the first thing that popped into my mind was George Washington. <laughs> okay, because George Washington, part of the reason he, I, by the way, I'm a George Washington expert. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. Yes, I, I like that. <laughs> I have such a crush on George Washington. And I've learned <laughs> everything about him possible. And um, I actually thought about forming a George Washington fan club where because I have some other friends that also love George Washington and we could get together and talk about him. Anyway. I know George Washington best through Hamilton the musical. Oh. Um, I feel like I should know George Washington in a more personal way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> So the thing about George Washington is that he did not have um, tons of credibility. You know, he did not have this great education or this military background, but he was very charismatic in the sense that people were drawn to him. For one, he was tall. Mm-hmm. He was taller than average. He was taller than I think he was six four. He was he could dance, so he was flirtatious. Mm. He um, could ride a horse very well. And he was athletic. And those things drew people to him and made him a bit of an anomaly. And I think that that makes somebody attractive. And then what makes them charismatic is having a a way about you of knowing how to, I don't want to say the word manipulate, but it is the word manipulate, the conversation so that people feel good around you. They They feel flattered. They feel special. They feel like you are putting your attention on them and they feel like a shining star when you are around them. That's funny because what what I had written down here is I think it's the ability to make people feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I said, is it really you? Is it your storytelling, your, you know, like your personal history, your whatever? Or is it how you make others feel? Is it more so charisma is your attentiveness, your openness, like and it's funny because people with charisma often hold the spotlight. They often are the one talking, not always, but often. But what they're talking about is usually 
the other people or the story. Like, you know, if you're like, I read this book and here's how I felt about this book. And let me tell you all of the things about me and my interaction with this book. That's okay. And that's interesting enough. But if you're like, you know, you would really dig this because there's this part in here that, you know, I really think, you know, reminded me of your personality. And when you bring someone else into the thing with you is I think that you use the word manipulate, but I'm just going to say social skills. Yeah. Where your, your, your quality social skills yeah. come into play to, you know. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking is everybody's favorite topic is themselves. And, and I also am an extremely curious person and I often find myself being with the microphone and being in the spotlight because no. I think that's part of <laughs> somehow that happens to me and it always has, but I don't enjoy being the center of attention. I like shining the light on others and I'm, I'm happy to be the MC. Yeah, I think, I mean, so there are people who have a lot of trouble like there are, there are people who aren't just particularly gregarious they don't want to you know talk at a party they're uncomfortable they don't know what what to say or how to say it and that doesn't often make them unlikable but it makes it harder to be around you know i think like easy conversation makes people feel comfortable and if you are a hard person to have a conversation with it might be that people avoid you more, not that they don't like you necessarily, but that they don't go out of their way to engage with you. Oh, for if sure. It feels awkward or it feels whatever. Um, and this just kind of took me down. I don't want to just talk about like people with disabilities or anything, but I worked in the field of autism for 20 years, you know, and it's really was neat to watch some of the kids that I worked with, like the young boys with Asperger's and whatever, they are totally fine with their social skills. Mm -hmm. Like they are totally a hundred percent like, well, all those boys at school are talking about football and girls. I don't care about football and girls. I'm perfectly happy sitting by myself quietly and eating my lunch. Mm -hmm. You know who's not okay with it? Everybody else. Their mother. Mm -hmm. Their mother. Their mother who wants me to teach them to join a group or to, you know, right. be a part of a social system. And I'm not saying like... There's a difference between being a loner and feeling excluded and being lonely or just preferring your own company. Right. Like th these are two very, very different things. Right. And I, I, so I think we almost, people fall into, I guess, a few grids. You're, you're very likable and, you know, you know it and you're very like so social about it you're very likable and you don't care if people like you or not, you know, like people happen to like you or you're not very likable and you don't care mm -hmm. or you're not very likable and you do care. Right. You know what I mean? And those are, these are, these are kind of your four boxes on the mm -hmm. grid and the way that we interact with people or the way that like, you know, like some of the kids that would come to me for treatment, I'm like, nothing needs to change about him. Right. There's nothing wrong with him. Right. Yeah. You know, like now if he comes to me and he says, but I wish I had friends and I wish I had buddies to play with and whatever, then, okay, let's teach you some skills mm -hmm. that are more pro-social that make people, you right. know, like, and we like, so I used to teach conversational skills. Right. I would teach like, all right, so everybody's talking about 
painting their nails right now Mm -hmm. and you don't have any interest in that and you don't have anything to say about that, what should you be doing in this conversational circle? Right. And we would teach the boy to kind of stand there quietly and Mm -hmm. just, you know, to be like attentive, but not, you know, like you have nothing to offer here. And so you don't have to pretend that you do. Then if the conversation shifts a little bit and now we start talking about Legos, Mm -hmm. oh, you have something to add. Mm -hmm. So how do you add it? How do you take your turn to speak and not dominate completely, but also, you know, get your point across, pass it to someone else, make the appropriate eye contact. Mm -hmm. It's, It's funny that like to some of us, it comes pretty naturally. Right. You and I are having an exchange right now that, you know, is we're kind of good at this. Mm -hmm. We're not the best, but we're not the worst. You know, (laughs) for some people, it's just a really hard thing. And reading those cues is a really hard thing. Well, especially if you bring in something like autism, where, you know, it is more than just not having the, um, aptitude for it you know it's something that you have to work on creating and learning mm-hmm. the i don't think that if you don't have that going on then conversational cadence is not something that you probably think about very often mm-hmm. um, but if it's something that you do have to learn then yeah yeah i think you do have to spend time learning oh this is when i say this and and this is where we stop and you know it's i it's it can be it can be something that has to be learned and practiced. Right. And I think more people probably need to pay attention to what their conversational cadence is like, whether they have a, you know, an aptitude for it or not. I think that a high emotional intelligence helps breed a high social intelligence. Because mm-hmm. I think when you're able to put yourself in other people's shoes a little more readily, then you're able to kind of mitigate some situations in a different way than, you know, perhaps like if you, if you're not very emotionally intelligent, if you're, you know, not very open with those kind of things that that makes it a little harder. I think sometimes some of the people that I enjoy spending time with the most are the ones who are socially awkward. Yeah. Because I don't have to be on mm-hmm. all the time. You know, I, I'm often the ringleader in any group that I'm in and I'm moving the conversation around and I'm connecting people and I'm, you know, always on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my friends who prefer to be alone, when I do get to spend time with them, it can be such a breath of fresh air because I can just sit. Yeah. And they're not expecting me to converse with them. <laughs> and that's a nice thing too. It really is. Do you think that it is... Harder, easier, or neutral to succeed socially with good looks? Oh, easier. I think so, too. That was but a jump answer. I don't know. I, if I thought about it, I might change my answer. My, my instinct was to say easier. Do you think it's different by gender, though? Yes. I do, too. Because I believe... Look, nobody wants to hear a pretty girl talking about it's hard to be pretty. Like, like, but it can be like people can assume instantly that you might have nothing to say because you're pretty, which is dumb, like totally dumb. But an assumption that happens, you know, sometimes. Um, And I think that for women, a good looking woman, sometimes people are distracted by that 
to like listen to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Whereas a man, I think a can be less good looking and people still listen and pay attention. Sometimes I think to not be good looking as a woman is a major hindrance. How do you get somebody's attention? Right. To, you know, you can't get in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that for men being attractive intel- in in addition to being intelligent is seems like it's a and this too like he's 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 a good leader he's a good person he's a he's an intelligent person and he's really good looking mm-hmm. whereas for a woman it's yeah she's really smart and she's really great and really nice i always have good conversations with her and you know she's gorgeous you know and it's like even though you know she's you know she doesn't kind of in the way that she doesn't have to be Right. You know, I heard mm-hmm. this recently where somebody was like, oh, yeah, she's really smart and great. And she doesn't even have to be. <laughs> and I thought, wow. What? Wow. That's that's wild. Yeah. Wow. And that just kind she's of so pretty that she could be a bitch. But <laughs> or she doesn't have to she doesn't have to try as hard. And hmm. that blew my mind on a few different levels. I didn't yeah. really know how I felt about it. Yeah. And I think a case can be made either way. Like, I, let's let's be real. Being generally attractive makes life easier than not being generally attractive. Like, it yes. just does. It I just it happens does. too. And we're, we shouldn't pretend that. Oh no, being pretty is not not a privilege. It's not an advantage. It, it is. It is an advantage. It is. I think we've seen that throughout history. Yes, and I think that George Washington, <laughs> George. Oh, George. <laughs> History has its eyes on you. Part of the reason he got into the position that he was is because he he was taller, he was athletic, he was considered to be good looking, and he wore his uniform to all of the meetings. See, he put it together. Yeah. He put it together. It's definitely an advantage. And I know that when I was growing up, I had it in my mind that it was important to be pretty. You know, and that was one of my um, things that I aspired to be. And so I've always just kind of been fixated on being pretty. And like I would be praised for how I looked and, you know, it would be compliments and the compliments made me feel good. I always wanted to be pretty. And I, that was always really important. And then as I got older, I started feeling like, well, I'm not like I'm actually like I have a brain and I have ideas mm-hmm. and I want to be taken seriously for the things that I do. And I started to purposely make myself unattractive. Interesting. See, I think that I was almost the opposite. I was always highly praised for my intelligence, for my, you know, creativity, for my, you know, way for standing up what I thought was right, you know, for those kind of things and not for my looks to the point, like to, to the opposite end that I assumed that I wasn't pretty and that I had to rely on these other things. You right. know what I mean? like, like, I don't know, like that, that I never felt like, I never felt like anyone told me, like it took me a long time to realize that I was attractive. Mm-hmm. Like now I know, I know. And it's not a great thing to <laughs> I'm know. Hot stuff I'm now. hot stuff you know, like, But like, it is, it's kind of nice not to like, when I lost a lot of weight, like I look mm-hmm. the same. I have the same face. Right. And I have the same hair and whatever. But now 
um, regarded differently. And it's still new, truly. Yeah. You know, it's only been a few years that like when I was in college, I was I wasn't heavy or anything like but. I never thought that I was as pretty as the other girls, like in high school as a cheerleader or whatever. I never thought that I was the one that they were looking at. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, and, and I guess there's no reason that I wasn't. Like, we're all equal. Like, I guess what I've grown up to realize is how very, very different we all are and how very beautiful, like, different things can be. Like, oh, when I sure. was very young, my older sister is blonde. She's taller, thin. And I just thought that's what pretty is. Mm-hmm. And what I am is not what pretty is. You right. know, like a little little brown, you know, like mm-hmm. short, small, whatever. Like and now I've learned that people think that's attractive too. You yeah. can be you can be short and you can have dark hair and you can, you know, be little and attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, like but I thought that there was like one version of what MTV told me beautiful was and it was big bushy blonde hair yeah. and a sassy attitude, mm-hmm. you know? And it took me a long time to really realize, like, we're all so hard on ourselves and we judge ourselves so harshly. And we're, oh, she's gorgeous. Look at her. Look at that hair. Look mm-hmm. at that, you know, whatever. You're gorgeous, too. Yeah. And you might not have noticed it. You and know, you're beautiful but, to yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, growing up, I always kind of felt the same way as you. My younger sister had, you know, just just kind of traditionally all American beauty, you know, just she had long golden hair. She had, you know, just a naturally slim figure. You know, she just was cute, cute, cute. And I felt like ugly duckling because I had always had like my hair was always been short mm-hmm. and you know, I, I would wear kind of funky clothes and I was praised for beauty and praised for having kind of an edgy fashion sense. Mm -hmm. And so I really kind of grabbed onto that and it was fun and I enjoyed it, but Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I was pretty until I really kind of just grew up and and came into my own and and just really appreciated kind of my own look. But I do remember it being, I do remember knowing that other people told me that I was. And that was important to me mm-hmm. because I felt like, well, at least I'm pretty. I I often, might not be that smart, but at least I'm pretty. <laughs> but you're very, very smart, obviously, as you know. I remember feeling like I could be cute, like mm-hmm. I was cute, but I would never be sexy. Oh, yeah, me too. And sexy is new for me. Like, and it's an empowering thing when yeah. people think you're sexy. Yeah. You know, like, and... I never, like, I thought, you know, like, we've all seen a lot of theater, musical theater. We both, you know, I've talked, I've said lines from Hamilton like four times a day just for fun because that's my reference to George Washington. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, the ingenue mm-hmm. is tall mm-hmm. and blonde and she flutters her eyelids and she flits about, you know, and the funny one, mm-hmm. the little bubbly, cute one, is that what would be the me character. Right. You know? And I didn't know. That I could be the sexy one. I am firmly in cute. I am firmly in the cute category. And I tell jokes to distract from the fact that, <laughs> that I am not like, you know, I think that I'm definitely one of those those people who you know, joke telling became a part of compensating for my what else I felt was not was not great about me. 
That interesting. Because I didn't have long hair. I didn't have a ponytail. I did, I wasn't athletic. I wasn't I wasn't in the category of what I considered to be attractive. And so even though I was getting feedback from others that I that I was this this beauty, this unique beauty, which to me I heard as strange looking. <laughs> oh no. And and then I've always been in the category of cute, mm-hmm. which is not sexy. You know, and so I've just always been like the jokey, cute, fun girl who tells jokes mm-hmm. in hopes that you don't notice that I, you know, I'm just trying think, to keep up. I think cute is a great thing to be known as, though, because sometimes when you're known as sexy, you're also thought of as a bitch. Nah, like, probably so. You know, like, oh, look at her. Or maybe known as maybe seen as being loose. Mm, perhaps. Too. You know, promiscuous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Like, I didn't really mean for us necessarily to spin into a talk about total physical looks. You know, I wanted to talk about, you know, like these characteristics of what is it about about people, you know, that, that you know, really brings that like makes them charismatic or makes them likable or makes them unlikable or whatever. Like, I just I think it would be difficult and, and who knows, maybe people don't like me and maybe it's not difficult because I don't know it, but <laughs> I think it would be difficult to be someone that wanted to be liked, that wanted to be, you know, to to have more friends and more mm-hmm. relationships and more whatever, and to just feel like I don't understand why that won't happen for me. And I think that a lot of people find themselves there. I think I a think, lot of people, you know, well, feel I think that a lot way. of women find themselves there. Yes, especially as we have this culture of having your tribe and having your village. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of of women having these groups of friends that are, you know, they're girls. And if you want that and you don't have it, mm-hmm. I, I would, I don't know how I would deal with that. Yeah. You know, I've never had a problem making friends. But I think that even people who don't have problems making friends, we've felt that exclusion yeah. At some point. Well, you know, or there are certain groups that we that we don't feel like like we're like, I really like you guys. You guys seem great, but you don't seem to want me around here. Oh, you know? I can definitely and, tell when somebody doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. And I as I'm thinking about your question of, you know, who what makes somebody not likable? And really, the only thing that comes to mind is when I feel like somebody's exclusionary and when somebody's having a laugh at my expense or somebody else's expense and that they're not including. And that really is unlikable and unattractive to me. I agree with that. I would encourage our listeners to, you know, spend some time thinking about what you really like in other people, what you really like in yourself and have, you know, to share. And, you know, I I just think these are fun things to ponder. You know, I just like to show up with, well, what's this crazy thing that crossed my mind, you know, at 3 a.m. and let's come in here and talk about it. Oh, I think that's what we do, right? Absolutely. I mm-hmm. love this topic. I think it's something that we could explore even more. Yeah, um, I think you know, so it's too. just more more digging into who we are as people. And the more you understand yourself, you know, the better you can interact with other people. Like I said, my 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 friend told me you make self-analysis fun. Yeah. She said that should be our tagline. Yeah. You make self-analysis fun. Because she's like, people don't like to think about what's not great about themselves. You know, sometimes we don't like to dig into that. And I hope that maybe we've made it remotely fun. I hope we're, we're softening the blow. <laughs> right. Because we're doing it we're too. Not, Super great. We're not super great, but we're also not that bad. (laughs) Right. All of us are not that bad. That that should be the tagline for our show. We're not that bad. We're not super great, but we're not that bad. (laughs) 
Well, until next time, everybody go uh, hang out with the charismatic people in your life and tell us about it on our social media. <laughs> Have fun. Bye. Bye. Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram. 